What's up to all my freelancers, designers, and creatives? This is Nathan. Welcome to another episode of Freelance Jumpstart. In this episode, we are going to get into how to find your niche or your specialty. Now, to kick things off, I've actually talked about this in the past. There was an episode of Traffic Talk. And for those who don't remember, Traffic Talk is the segment of this podcast where I answer questions from the audience all while driving on my daily commute. But on the episode of Traffic Talk, someone asked the question of how did I start doing what it is that I do today, right? So they wanted to know that and they were curious on how did you find your niche or your specialty or how did you find the specific thing that you do within a larger business offering that you have. So in other words, you may say you want to open a restaurant. Great. So if you open a restaurant, there's food involved. But... How do you figure out what food to serve? Do you serve um, Chinese food? Do you serve American style? Do you do a fusion type restaurant? Um, What do you do? Do you do, I'm in Houston, Texas. Do you do what they call Tex-Mex, which has a Spanish influence? Like, so what do you choose, right? So a restaurant is very broad, but then you get specific. Okay, maybe you say you're gonna do American. Great, are you doing breakfast only? Are you doing dinner only and lunch? Which one is it? What are your hours? So you start getting more and more specific till you land on exactly what it is that you're offering. And the reason you do this is if you do too many broad things, you won't be known for any one thing. Here's an example. Now, when I first started doing web design, I just wanted clients. So I said, hey, I offer web design. I didn't say what type. I just said, give me a shout. I'll do it. And what that leads to is a diversity of different types of clients. So you get people who want a wedding website and then you get people who want a site for the nonprofit and then you get people who want a personal site. Then you get people who have a small business site. You get a range of so many different types of clients, which is okay. The downside is you really can't specialize and start adding repetitive systems in place because you know exactly what to expect. And every new client is like a new adventure and you just figure it out. But if I had started and said something to the effect of, my name is Nathan Alote, I do web design for tech startups, then people already know when there's a tech startup who needs someone, tell them about Nathan. Because I didn't do that in the beginning, I think people would talk about my services like this. Hey, I know Nathan, he's like a web guy, Uh, he does websites. Um, yeah, give him a call. Well, what type of sites does he do? Uh, he's pretty good at everything. So yeah, just give him a call. That's how the conversation would go. And people would come to me, their expectations are not even set. They don't know if I can even do the work they're describing. I don't even know if I can do the work they're describing because I need to hear what they're saying. And then I find out about it and say, oh, well, can I build a clone of Facebook, which has really happened to me. <laughs> Uh, can I build a clone of Facebook? Can I build a restaurant site? You know, can I build a site that is a mirror of staples.com and, you know, Office Max and Office Depot? Those are all real things people ask me to do. But if I had said, my name is Nathan Lote, I do web design, I specialize in e-commerce sales, then people know, go to Nathan when you want an online store. So again, there is a goal to get 
specific or to niche down. And I've seen a lot of videos online of people talking about niching down and different things of that nature. They're all over the place. Like I, I honestly have no idea what they're talking about. So just to give a little background of how I formulated a way to niche down that's fairly simple, I wanted to tell you the backstory behind it. So again, I was looking online and there was a very popular photographer who was out of Silicon Valley at the time named Helena Price. And um, I was like, wow, I just want to see if I can speak with her. So I did an actual interview with her and we talked and I was waiting for some grand thing for her to say, like, tell me how you were able to work with Fitbit and Nike and all these magazine spreads that you do and all this work, like you work with all these top tech companies, like how can I get them as clients as well? So I was waiting for a grand answer. She literally said, I don't know. Yeah. I did want to ask this question also. There may not be a specific answer to this, but just whatever you think. You've worked with many larger companies, tech companies, uh, Nike, Google, Samsung, to name a few. How in the world do you get to work with those companies? Like, do they come to you? Do, do you, you know, do something specific? Do you dress a certain way? I have no clue. But, you know, most people say, oh, I have some clients, but they're not going to say a lot of the big names that you've worked with, you know, like, so how does that even come about? Beats me. I think, you know, the I've spent a lot of time reflecting lately and thinking like, man, what a whirlwind so fast. Like, how did that happen? And uh, the the only thing I can say is like, word of mouth is huge. Like, be great to work with. Be kind to everyone that you meet. Like, you know, make a positive impact on as many people as you can. Do favors without expecting anything in return. Like, work your butt off. Like, work work, work, work all the time, uh, and be really focused on certain goals. And for me, it was, you know, years of meeting people in this industry, um, really, really kind of mastering my craft from the, the tech and branding side, and then working really hard to get good, like as good as possible at photos as quick as I could. And it just, I think it was just word of mouth. I think that I don't, I don't think that I deserved getting that many jobs that fast, hmm. but I proved to myself that I could do it by saying yes. It was very scary to have people like Samsung and people like Uber and people like Twitter and Square and these companies come at me so fast and they definitely thought I was more experienced than I was. And in my mind, I'm like, guys, I'm just getting started. This is really scary. Um, but I just told myself, I'm going to say yes and I'm going to just make do everything I can to make sure I do a good job, like impress the shit out of them. And, and so far so good. And, you know, they've been repeat clients and I've done more projects with them. And so at least I know I didn't screw it up. Um, but I think the best thing that people can put into practice is just work as hard as you can. Like you can't be lazy about it. You've got to work nights, weekends, every moment towards your goals. And you've got to go and set out to meet everybody in the industry that you want to work at. And having, you know, good photos is one thing, but it's not enough. You've hmm. got to go out there and be an entrepreneur and go make those connections with people that you want to get paid by. But really, um, it was her network. But the thing that I did glean and loved from the conversation, it was a valuable conversation. Don't get me wrong. She didn't just say, I don't know. She wasn't totally clueless or anything. She was really being humble and modest about her skills and different things of that nature. So I did appreciate that. But really, when you analyze what it is that she was saying, 
This is how you find a niche that's good for you. The first thing is think about what you like to do, or I would even say love to do. Think about what your hobbies are, what you enjoy, where you spend your time, uh, what it is that you think about a lot. Um, really, there's a poster behind me by Jessica Heisch, and it literally says, um, what you're doing while you're procrastinating is probably what you should do as your line of work or for the rest of your life. So a lot of times when you're procrastinating, something's important that you need to do, you're over here doing something else because you maybe you enjoy it or maybe it fills you up. Maybe it makes you excited and gives you energy. Who knows what it might be? But again, that could be a hobby. Uh, that could actually be a job. You know, it may vary. But again, think about those things that you genuinely like to do. That is one circle we're going to look at. So, you know, again, think about where you spend your time, what you enjoy to do, what you wish you could do more of. Maybe you have a day job, but you're always thinking about, I can't wait till I get off so I can do fill in the blank. Sometimes that's entertainment. And, you know, sometimes it's a little more business related, but it just depends. Everybody's different. Maybe you can't wait to get off work so you can binge Netflix. Uh, yeah, okay, that's not exactly what I'm talking about. So again, think about your hobbies and what you like to do. That's one circle. The second circle is think about the industry you work in, right? So if you do have a current full-time job, think about the industry you work in. Ask yourself, is there any overlap between the industry you work in and what you like to do for a hobby, right? A lot of times these are starkly different and there are no things that really coincide with one another, but sometimes there is, right? That doesn't mean that's exactly what you should choose, but that's just something to think about, right? An example of this is, I know someone named Charlie, and uh, she's a great designer, and I remember she had a vlog. She has a vlog. She still YouTubes today. She still vlogs today, and again, she had a vlog that she had been keeping up with, and she gained quite a following. Yeah, I just looked now. She's on the verge of getting to 140,000 subscribers. So, yeah, she has quite a following. So, But she likes vlogging, and her job, they knew she vlogged. And they even asked her, hey, um, we are having a couple of company events. It would be great if we could vlog the experience and share it you know, with the public. Is that something you would be able to do? So now, in a sense... She's getting paid to do something that she likes to do and was doing on her own anyway. So sometimes there is room for that on your jobs or on your full-time position when there's overlap that benefits both parties. And if there is, that might be something you can ask about. But again, we're talking about how do you niche down specifically in the life of you know freelancers and designers and different things of that nature. But that's just something to think about. You have your hobbies and what you like doing, what you enjoy. And then you have what you do on your full-time job. So that's the second circle we're looking at. So the third circle, I would say, is where is there a need or a lack in your industry? Um, if your industry, when I say the word industry and I'm thinking about um, your day job specifically, where is there a lack or a need you know people have that needs to be filled? Um, and again, maybe it's not an industry that is specifically related to your full-time job. That's okay. You can pick an industry that you like and that you're familiar with, that you want to be a part of, whether it's for your day job or not. Think about an industry. Where is there a lack? So now we have three circles, right? 
we have your likes, your hobbies, sometimes what you do for fun and entertainment, or maybe you're just learning a skill on the side of something that you just like to do and you enjoy. That's the first. The second one is, you know, what have you seen and observed in your full-time job? Is there any overlap for this in your hobby? If not, regardless of that, that's okay. Um, but what about your full-time job in there? Is there any room? And thirdly, uh, where is there an open problem in your industry or an industry that you have your eye on? You know, what about that? You know, does that exist? And where all of these circles intersect in the middle is where you can find a niche that might be unique for you. And the reason why this is important is it's something you like to do so that will keep you going, even though you feel like, uh, I don't know, but it'll keep you going. It's something that's related to your full-time job. So doing this might actually make you better at your full-time job or help you get a different position or a different job in a similar industry in your full-time job. And when I say full-time job, if you freelance full-time, just replace it with that. I just know that there's some viewers and listeners who have full-time jobs um, apart from freelancing. But if, again, freelancing could take that place too. And then lastly, I talked about the need or a lack in a particular industry. Where all these intersect might be gold for you. Now, looking at these three circles, let's get back to Helena Price, who is Helena Price Hembrick at the moment today. Um, but again, in speaking with her, Helena said that she always had a fond affinity for taking photos. She had it as a hobby, something that she liked doing, enjoyed doing. She did it when she was younger, but she didn't necessarily think it could be like a career, right? Because you're supposed to get a real job. She never really thought about that. But again, she liked taking photos. Somewhat of a photographer, she just never got paid for it and thought that could be her job. But that was her hobby. She was working, and I mentioned she lived in California at the moment. She was working in the tech industry, in the tech space. I believe she was doing some type of service and she would, you know, deal with, you know, the customers of the tech startup. She would answer their questions and different things of that nature. And, you know, she never thought about using her photography in the tech space. But it wasn't until the third circle came into play, which is her industry or the tech startup scene, they lacked something. Many tech startups sometimes focus on their software. Other tech startups focus on an actual physical product. Either way, she noticed and recognized that all of their pictures would be terrible. So they'd have this awesome product and boring photos. Or they'd have an awesome product and they'd have great photography on the product itself because it's something that for them to sell. But they'd have no personality behind the people in the company who produced the product, right? There was no story to be told. It was just like, this product is awesome. Look at our reviews, buy it. But Helena combined all three and said, I can use my photography skills with the knowledge that I've learned in the tech space to address the lack that I see in these bad photos. And that became something that she did on the side. That became her full-time job that grew to her being a, I would say, world-renowned photographer. And that even grew from there to her starting her own studio, right? All from finding out 
and realizing where she needed to niche down or where she needed to focus her attention. So again, for those listening, really quick as a review, those are the three areas. What are your hobbies? What do you like to do? What do you do when you procrastinate? What do you do to like have fun? Is there any skills that you're learning a part of there that you just learn on your own? No one told you to. It's just something that you're thinking about. Um, what about your current industry? What do you see at your job? Is there any lack? Basically, it doesn't even have to be your current job. It has to be your experience. Based upon your experience and what you've learned and your career experience, you know, what, have, what does that look like? What does your career experience look like? What do you have knowledge and expertise in already, apart from your hobbies? And then thirdly, when you look at this particular industry and you combine all the three, something you enjoy doing based upon your previous experiences, where do you see a lack in industry that you can solve a problem? Put those together and I believe you'll start seeing areas where you could niche down and focus on and offer true value and do work that you honestly enjoy. Thank you for taking time to check out this video. I greatly appreciate it. If you like this video, give it a thumbs up. If you're listening on the podcast, feel free to give me a review. I read those, you know, and reviews are great because it lets more people know about the content that I am producing. Again, um, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on social media. I don't care how you get it to me. If you reach out on my website, if you write me on Twitter, if you write me on Instagram, whatever it might be, I check those fairly frequently and I make it a point and a goal to reach out to everyone who reaches out to me because right now my audience is a size where I can talk to them and you know you all can talk to me and we can have a conversation I'm not some super large you know influencer with tons of followers where you write to them you will never hear from them no I want to make sure I make time for my audience so yeah feel free to reach out I'll get back in touch with you all I can say is thank you for taking the time to check this out. And until the next one, I will catch you later. See ya.